Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's a Monday morning edition, and I'm joined today by Father Kurt Nagel, the pastor of St. Monica's in Mercer Island and Sacred Heart in Bellevue. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Tom. Hey, it's been a while. I don't even know how long. It's been a couple months, maybe. Is that maybe not that much? I don't know, but it's been a while, a number of weeks. So uh, there's a the theology of evil in Aquinas is that evil is an absence where presence is expected. Ooh. An absence where so presence is expected. I'm saying that it, we've experienced evil without you here, Father. Okay. Because so, you've been absent, and there's yeah. a presence that was ex- expected. So it's like one of the things that one of the ways that you show up is by not being here. We realize what we're missing. Wow, I, f- I think that, I think that's good. You're like, are you trying to figure out if I was affirming you? <laughs> exactly. Or not? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how that works, but I'm going to take it as a compliment. It is a compliment, and we'll be back in a minute with Sound Insight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor, licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. We're going to begin with a longer than normal scripture reading and a prayer led by Father Nagel. And we're going to be inviting you to join in. Did you like how I did that, Father? Oh, great. Yep. Okay. This is Psalm 95, the uh, psalm that opens the day for those who use the breviary. Come, let us sing to the Lord and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving and sing joyful songs to the Lord. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come then, let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are his people, the flocky shepherds. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn, as your fathers did in the wilderness, when at Meribah and Massah, They challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all my works. Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger they shall not enter into my rest. Gracious God, I ask your blessings upon us today as we enter into this program. That uh, Again, we might be instruments of your grace for those who have come and turned in, tuned in today uh, with their own needs and their own hopes and their own journey to you. Bless us that we might be instruments of grace on those journeys. We ask through Christ our Lord, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, today on Sound Insight, we have a lot to cover. I'm with uh, Father Nagel. Father Lewis is, he has abandoned us. Yeah, yeah. where's Father Lewis? I, you know what? Uh, I, the Lord is with us always, but Father Lewis is not. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, I think he's. Uh, I think he's actually uh, gets a little bit of well-deserved vacation. Oh, nice. So yeah, la- I think last week he was on uh, Quo Vadis days. Oh yes. And I didn't even have a chance to talk to him about that, like how that went. Um, so the next time he's on, we can have a chance to kind of dive into that. Um, that now you all 
the Archdiocese of, of Seattle also does Quo Vadis Days. It does, although I have to admit this year I was not part of it. But yes, usually I am, and, and usually we, uh, we do. We did have it this week, um, this year as well. Well, so for folks who aren't aware of what that is, please share what it is. And then uh, even more importantly, like, why is it a big deal? Why is it a valuable thing for those who attend? It's, it's, it's basically, in my words, a kind of a vocation retreat camp. So there's a camping element to it, you know, in the sense that usually it's at some, uh, we have these summer camps, the CYO summer camps in our archdiocese. So it'd be at one of those camps and some young men from usually high school age, maybe a little older, um, early college, uh, and they would come, the, a number of priests and usually some seminarians from the diocese as well or the people putting on the retreat. And again, there's, there's, there's camping stuff, whether it's swimming or it's hiking or it's games play, you know, so there's, there's fun. But there are also talks and uh, you know mass every day and exposition and so it's it's definitely spiritually oriented and centered. But it's um, a summer camp for uh, helping people, young young men, to try to discern the whether God's calling them to the priesthood or not. It's, it's usually uh, get there on Sunday night, at least in our archdiocese, get there Sunday night and it lasts till through Wednesday. So and usually you know hundred guys. I it, it, the number changes each year, but um, that's. That's kind of the usual flow for it. And uh, let me ask the question: Why would a uh, like a camping situation and, and the kind of things that happen there? What makes it so like let's call it distinctly valuable for the young men who come? You know, and I do think it's valuable. I, I served on the uh, seminary and review board for our, our archdiocese for a number of years. And so I, we get to interview those uh, young men who are applying for the seminary. And it's, it's interesting how often the Quo Vadis Day experience comes in in terms of their vocational history and things. So I, I do think there's something fruitful about it. And it's, it's nice. First off, you have an intense, it's an intensive in the sense of you're there for just a number of days. You're around other guys who are at least in that ballpark. And so you're not alone. You're not sort of the solitary discerner. You're in there with other people that say, oh, so this isn't strange that I'm thinking about this. You get to know the priests in a different way. Um, you know, again, they're the referee for the soccer game or, you know, they give talks. And so there's that experience. And also you see seminarians. So it's, it's kind of an immersion experience in the, the uh, formation, I would guess, of, I guess I'd say, in terms of what it would be like and who you would be with if you were to step forward to... Uh, Test your vocation of priests. That's kind of the short answer I give. Well, and uh, just to tease out what you just shared there, I think that it's so um, it's so important because guys that are, let's say, in high school or uh, yeah, in, in just in that range, they're often if they're considering like the Lord and the church and the idea that they might be called to the priesthood, it can be a, a pretty lonely path, right? Um, that you know, it, it's there are not a lot of friend groups where guys are hanging out talking about. Gosh, you know, when when do you get to enter the seminary? And am I going to go before you know at the beginning yeah. of college, or maybe I should do that, right? Um, and you know, that's the kind of thing that um, when you can bring guys together, it's like one of the gifts of conferences and retreats. It's like I'm not alone, right? Like that. that wait a minute, this this is this is real, and and this is something that. Uh, other guys are considering, and honestly, it would be one of those things where, hey, those guys are actually pretty cool. Right. right. It's not the um, 
you know, the the guy that is socially awkward and has no place to go. And so this might be a, a path for a career that will, you know, that kind of thing, right? Um, so when you see priests that are younger, youngish, and like full of life and, and personality and uh, like, dang, I, that's the right. kind of, you know, man of God I want to be. And, and to do that as a priest and look at these guys, this, I, I think that that's a huge value. It is, and I think that is the dynamic. And <laughs> truth be told, I suspect that they're looking at me and say, "You're not that youngish anymore." You know, <laughs> I've kind of aged out of the quo vadis day um, the demographic. I'm not cool. I'm not young, and I'm hip or anything. And so, they're not asking me to give talks anymore. But you know, again, I'm 26 years ordained, and I do remember that that is the that is kind of the vibe that you're looking for there. And I think I, I do think it's very effective that way. Well, and then the other part of it is, um, uh, the other part of it is uh, what we were saying just before we went on the air. So folks that may not realize it, Father, you and I are not in the same room. We're not in the same studio that you're in. You're in the mothership in (laughs) Kirkland in a really beautiful, you know, studio. And I'm over here in my humble computer setup with a nice piece of technology that Sacred Heart Radio provides to connect us together so it sounds high quality and in the same room. Right. And uh, when I logged in, what were you saying? I don't remember what I was saying. (laughs) You were saying, where's Tom? I always say that. Oh, yeah, I always say that. (laughs) That's a constant. Yeah, I guess I should. That was obvious. Yeah, I'm always saying, where is Tom? Yeah, so you were saying, uh, no, you were saying, is Tom on? I, I, I you know, I'm here, but I, I, I don't hear Tom. And, and I'm like, Father, Father, I'm here. I'm here. Why don't you hear me? And yeah, this happens uh, almost every week, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, are we now actually right now throwing Ron under the bus? Is that what we're no, doing? No, uh, it's no. It's just the techno- technology. I'm throwing technology on the bus. Technology Thank is you. evil. And. <laughs> And so it always will fight you. You sometimes can get the upper hand, but not forever. That's funny. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I'm I'm kind of pleading, and I'm like, the funny thing is, um, like the, after the first second when I say Father Nagel, and you don't respond, and then you just keep talking, like I, I don't hear anything. I just keep saying it, and I'm thinking, <laughs> wait a minute. Is somehow something going to change when there's nothing that's going to change, but uh, it, there's the funny thing of like, well, I'll keep saying it. Father Nagel, I'm here, Father Nagel. Let me turn up, let me turn up my volume louder. And then I call Ron and then Ron says, oh, wait a minute. Let me click the switch. And now all of a sudden you can hear my voice. Now, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? No, go ahead. Okay. This is like wide open. This is a, this is the easiest softball analogy oh, okay. ever, Father. Oh, okay. Okay, so what is Quo Vadis? They have so many Where are you going? <laughs> there are so many guys who are like, I don't hear God's voice. Right. God's speaking, but I don't hear. God's speaking, but uh, I'm talking. I'm talking, but I don't know if I'm being heard. And if God's talking, I don't know how to hear. And then Quo Vadis is like Ron. Ron is the guy who gets the call from the Lord see how I get to be God? Wow, this, yeah, that's this great. Is, this, <laughs> and say, Ron, click on the switch, man. Turn the switch. Help Father Nagel be able to hear my voice. And Ron's like, I got this. Let me click a couple, turn up a, roll up a slider, and all of a sudden, there it is. Yeah. You can hear the voice. And 
I think there's a lot to that. I think that analogy, you know, that runs the gamut from that's what we try to do here on Sound Insight. Right? Yeah. Our program is all about what? We want to help you, dear listeners, who are listening to our voices, not to hear our voice. Yeah, you can hear our voices, but we want to be a conduit. We want to be a vehicle. We want to be a vessel so that you sense and hear God's voice. So that when you talk to God, you'll have confidence that you're heard. So that you'll have confidence that, in fact, the Lord is speaking and you can hear his voice. But sometimes you need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of aid, a little bit of encouragement to say, oh, that's how I can flip the switch and tune in more clearly to the voice of God in my life. And that is something that we do at Covatis, to get back to that original thought, is that we do part of it is prayer part of it is exposition part of it's trying to okay what do i do if you say pray each day what does that even mean and so we, there's prayer times and there is uh, those are topics that we you do cover because i think sometimes people really they are lost it's radio silence but they again they, they don't really even know how to listen so yep yeah well and you know i think you and i through the years we've had that conversation it's like what are the top 2 topics that you get asked about in in terms of um, the spiritual life. And I, I would say it from the, in the context of if I'm speaking at a conference or doing some kind of series, people come up to me uh, during a Q&A session or just afterwards, and the two, the two most popular topics by far that I get asked about are, do uh, you want to guess? I think I, I think I've heard of it. What do I do in the dry times and how do I discern what God's saying? Yeah, prayer and discernment. Yeah, yeah. How do I pray? And you, you know, you focused in on that particular theme, like uh, during dry times. And you, you're at a the people talking to you are much more advanced in the spiritual life. Than the people <laughs> talking to me, they're like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't no, know how to use true. my time. What do I do first? What yeah. do I do second? How do I build a habit of prayer? When do I? What time do I pray during the day? All those, right. all of the. How do I get started? And how do I grow in my prayer life? And then the second one is. How do I discern God's will? How do I recognize God's voice in the details and in the big picture things? So those two, I mean, those are like foundational, right? right. Really, those are about identity and purpose. Right? Mm. Prayer is going to help you grow in your identity as a child of God called to be a saint. And discernment is all about figuring out God's purpose for your life. What's the God-given mission right. that he's going to use to have you be salt, light, and leaven in the world? So it makes sense that Prayer and discernment are the two biggest chunky things that people want to know about. Yeah, as you say, it's it's so important to a person's life. If you're going to encounter Jesus as a real person, that's necessary. And I think it's it's like the basic change and step in the spiritual life. So um, as, as soon as you start to take it seriously, the spiritual life, those questions suddenly pop up, and they just they're just right there. And it, and I think you do actually just to, just to say uh, unbidden un, uh, that I think you do that's one of the great things about this show is sound insight is it spends so much time trying to equip people with how to encounter Jesus which is again just that most basic thing. Well, you know, I, I come back to Aquinas and the Old Testament. Okay, so Aquinas is the first level of faith like the rudimentary level of faith that God requires of all of us is that we believe that God exists, that God is provident. Mm. Right? So that's believing in God's presence and God's providential care or power for our lives. But then the Old Testament, what was the fundamental temptation that Moses had to help 
the people of Israel in the desert overcome? That the the question that synthesized the great temptation or the the fundamental sin that the Israelites were going to face was what you were saying before the program started. Is Tom with us or not? Mm-hmm. Right? And in in the Old Testament form it's is God with us mm-hmm. or not? And, and, and that was the, you know, my joke, I'm, I'm always with you. Yeah. <laughs> when you finally heard my voice, it's I'm always with you. And that was, the, that was God's response. I'm always with you. Tom Is God plays with God. us or not? Tom plays God a lot in these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> and I did kind of like talk about you in relationship to evil at the beginning. Yeah, right. That, that's that's how this And I used goes. Aquinas. I, used the, the, I leveraged Aquinas to do that. It was very clever of me. <laughs> And von Balthasar will be coming up here pretty soon. <laughs> That's funny, Father. All right. When we come back, I want to uh, dig more into that theme. Actually, we have about one more minute left, Father, and I just want to let, let's just finish on that theme. There are a lot of folks who are probably wondering, is God with me or not? And um, how do you help folks who, you use the term dryness. How about that sense of God's absent, not present? Right. That remember, evil is an absence where presence is expected. Isn't God supposed to be present in my life? How come I can't sense, recognize, or encounter the presence of the living God? Well, I always tell them first of all, the, the dryness is not being able to sense. It can't, there, there's there's reasons for it. One of them might be that you are in sin and you are sloth enough and you are lukewarm, etc. It could also be simply that God is is testing you in the sense of um, that this, he's withdrawing so that we can purify our, our intentions with him in, within his relationship. Um, the idea, you know, it might be that, oh, I, I do need to change something about the way I pray, et cetera. But oftentimes I, I, I point them to, okay, let's look outside the prayer time. I, this is a key thing to, for people to know is, you know, if you're growing in the virtues during dry prayer, that doesn't mean that the prayer's not happening or that God's not present, and just that God is letting you mature by not giving you the warm fuzzies, and you're still being faithful to him, don't worry about the prayer experience. See if you're growing in the virtues outside of the prayer time. And if you are, then God is very much present. Um, He's just letting you uh, grow up. I like that. That's a great answer, Father, because you're saying pay attention to the fruit. Yeah. Right? That's, so that's don't, don't pay attention to the emotions or the feelings. Pay attention to the fruit. Right. That's powerful. I really like that answer. Uh, all right. We're up against a break. When we come back, more conversation with Father Kurt Nagel. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. I'm with Father Nagel. And today uh, we're starting, we just started in on this entry point with, uh, <laughs> why are you laughing, Father? Uh, no, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on. This is the way we roll, the, right? This is, you know, we're, what, 20-some minutes in? And uh, I know what we're going to talk about, but we've only sort of started it. <laughs> and this is how we roll, so that's but what I'm laughing know, about. Okay. I'm going to step out of the the 
detailed outline that I sent you before the program <laughs> and, uh, and say, I, I really believe, and the feedback I get is that people love a conversation that has that like genuine, fresh, unrehearsed quality. That's true. This is usually it is unre- definitely unrehearsed, and uh, we let the spirit lead. Yeah, that's true. That, and that that's the hope. And um, we know each other well enough to be able to say, let's talk about life. Let's talk about the things unfolding right now, and and let's just kind of make room for the Lord, and then watch what's going to show up in the conversation. And I think that's like it feels like you're in the coffee shop, and and you're there listening, and. You know, there's three of us there. It's Father Nagel, it's Tom, and and it's the person listening. And it's right. it, so hopefully they're feeling like, yeah, that 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 I had that same question, and I, I had that experience, and hey, this is this is speaking to me in a way that I I didn't even realize. Right. You know that that kind of stuff is the real stuff of discipleship. Yeah, that's true. I agree. So, uh, oh, and I got to tell you a story. So this is uh, so last night. Uh, so we were recording this on Friday. So last night it was on Thursday. Um, uh, an electric bill, 1030 at night. There you go. An electric bill, 1030 at night. There's this huh. uh, office space, this building that I have. And we were looking. My wife looked at the electric bill and she said, why is the why is that electric bill so high? I, I didn't think we had a lot of electricity being used right now. And I'm like, maybe the air conditioning's on. Mm. Maybe I need to go drive to the to the building just to make sure that we're not like wasting money on um, on electrical use. Okay, so got in the car late at night, driving down uh, towards the building, uh, which is like a half an hour away. Oh, wow. And then I re- I remembered, hey, wait a minute, I have a car that I'm donating to um, the Union Gospel Mission. Right? Uh-huh. So they have one of those donation programs. And, sure. The car was at a, a repair shop, and they basically said, uh, this car is fixable if you get a whole new engine. Yeah. <laughs> it has served us well for 10, 12 years, 12 years, and so we are, our 11 years, we're now ready to hand it on in a donated format. So uh, unfortunately, the repair shop we brought it to was also closing down. Huh. And they called me and said, we need to get, get this car out of here. Um, today like by tonight um and he was going to do it but i never got a call that he had moved the car so i decided to go to the place where he was supposed to move move the car and the car wasn't there so i drove over to the uh to the garage and it's like 11 o'clock at night and i'm like looking over the fence and, and saying oh they think there's my car and then he comes out the front door and he's like i was praying to the lord He's a Christian guy. I know uh-huh. I've known him for a few years. So I was praying to the Lord, and he's like, "I got to get this car and another car out of here. I need to be able to like pull it, like use a pull strap and pull the car to a, to another location." And I don't know what to do. God, please, who can I call? And I showed up. Wow, how cool is that? Yeah. yeah. Now I wasn't going out to help him. I was right. going out. You know, who's looking at an electric bill at ten thirty at night? <laughs> Right, and then who's saying? Well, let me go deal with it right now. And they were saying, no, 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 just take care of it in the morning. I said, no, I'm going right now. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, it is. So, what do you take from that? Well, I think divine providence is a real thing, and prayer works. And uh, you're an instrument of God's big plan, and your friend at the shop is part of that as well. That's what I take from it. Just you know, again, be docile to the spirit, and um, you don't know when you're being 
use like that, but you're, you, we, we always are. And so, um, again, just try to be docile to the Spirit. That's what I would take. Well, and it's just, it's fascinating that I didn't say, I'm sensing that the Lord is wanting right. me to be an angel and go do something, right? Right. That's a good point, too, is that God's working in our lives whether we recognize it or feel it or not. Um, that God's always there. And, 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 and we're part of the plan at all times. Yeah. And, and we may or may not feel it uh, at this point. Um, obviously, most of the time we don't, really. But it doesn't mean that our life doesn't have meaning for ourselves and for other people. Absolutely. And I, I want folks to just to kind of hear that. You, you remember uh, that guy, Dean uh, Braxton, the guy who had died and then yeah, gone to heaven and came back? Yeah. One of the things that he talked about was that prayer has no shelf life. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That, and and the one of the like entailments of that is that God is always doing a thousand things with any one thing, uh-huh. and He's like God loves you so much that He created the architect to design the house that you love so much. Right. And it's like what? Yeah. Well, that wasn't the only thing He was doing in that, but that was one of the things He was doing in that. Yeah. That's how big God is. And I just love that idea that God is so big that God could use an electric bill to get me to take an action that I wouldn't have been taking otherwise to use it for uh, a source of a blessing to somebody else who's crying out to him saying, I need help. Right. That is so cool. Your wife's involved in that as well. and She reminded me of that. She, <laughs> she's like, wow, look at me. I'm this vessel of God bringing this electrical bill to your attention. <laughs> so what happened with the electric bill? Uh, I we don't know. We're not <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I went down there and there was a light on in the building, and so I turned it off. But we don't think that that was sufficient to cause right. the bill to be that high. So I've got to call the electric company. So, oh wow, maybe there's someone listening who works for the electric company <laughs> right. who's going to say, Tom, I can't believe you talked about this. Right? Well, maybe. <laughs> right? Yeah. That that's what you don't know. You don't realize, right? That uh, if you're docile, I love that word, the availability to be led and to be moved, God just might use you in ways that are totally surprising and unrelated to what you expected. Amen. All right. With all that said, Father, way back when, when we started this program, yep. we started with a very long psalm. What was, uh, what was that psalm? Psalm 95. And why do we begin with that? Uh, that's the... Invitatory, that's the opening psalm of a day's uh, prayer of the Liturgy of the Hours. So it's, it kind of kicks things off um, every morning. I was telling, telling you before that I, I could have tried to do that from memory because I have memorized it. I say it every day. But I also knew that on the air I would choke and I would stumble. So I actually was using a phone to do it. <laughs> if I said the following number to you, would it be meaningful? 649. 649, that's probably the, um, the page number? Yeah, that's the page. It's like I, I think I have them memorized in the, in the four volumes of the Liturgy of the Hours, like what page the, in, in, uh, you say invitatory, I, I, I've always said invitatory, invitatory, psalm, uh, psalm. I, I'm from Boston, and we psalm, always said psalm. Yeah, psalm, psalm. They always, my kids always laugh at me when I say it, and I'm like, why are you laughing? And they said, not psalm, Dad, it's psalms. <laughs> So, uh, so Father, you've prayed that prayer for how many years? Well, it would have been starting the seminary. I'm 26 years a priest, and I have 31 years. So every 31 day, years every day praying Psalm years. 95. 
um, almost really probably on a daily basis yeah. unless you pray Psalm 67 or Psalm I n- never do. It's always 95. Yeah, I love Psalm 95. Okay, so here's the thing. You've pretty much exhausted it, right? There's no more new insights to be gained yep, from I that Yep, I squeezed it God. all out. Yep, <laughs> I know. It's now it's just a dry husk of meaning because I, have, I know everything God wanted me to know from that. No, it's, yeah. you know, it's... I, that being said, I do think there's a, there's a danger of just it becoming so rote um, that you, sometimes you don't think about it. You just can, again, it's memorized. You know it. And so that's, there is a danger there, but it's not because I've squeezed all the, the grace out of it. It's just because of the human thing. Yeah, I, I love the uh, Nicholas of Cusa, his vision of the Word of God as fresh bread. And, you know, you bake the bread the same way every day, and it produces bread that looks the same every day, but it's fresh it's and every, fresh every, every day. single day. And that's like God's Word. It's fresh every single day, even though it looks the same, smells the same, and all that. Uh, it's fresh, and it has that rich uh, taste and nourishment every single day. Okay. So with that said, when you pray, I'm gonna, this is uh, kind of personal now, and when you pray something like the Liturgy of the Hours that has this repetitive cycle to it where you know the Psalms, you, you, you know it's coming, and yeah. especially the Invitatory Psalm, uh, when you find that you have kind of just glazed through it and you get to the end and you're like, am I already at the glory, the glory be, I, it, uh, glory to the Father? I'm not sure I really was attentive. Does first of all, does that happen? Never. Second of no, all, that does never happens. <laughs> You've heard about it's fresh people. bread I, it's every day. Fresh bread. I know her stale stuff. No, it's not. That's not true at all. I, I mean, that's a joke. It, it happens. Yes, it does happen. Okay, what do you do when that happens? It depends on how bad it is. Really? Some, okay. I, if, you know, again, sometimes I think the truth is. Sometimes I think I do think I, it can even be. Where am I? Um, I, it's it's not that I, the the words haven't been. Usually, I do sometimes say it with other people. Oftentimes, it's by myself though, and so it's usually silent. Um, the 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 prayer is is being prayed in just silent and reading it, and so I do think sometimes I get to the end or think and say, because you know, I've just been going and 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 do I say okay. Did I finish that psalm? It, seriously, not to scandalize, but 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 it's a, and there will be times I go back and say, you know, whatever that was, that was. <laughs> I I I do I, I do have to start over here. But sometimes it's just more like you know I kind of rattled through that. Um, but I, I I know I said I was I knew where I was and what I was doing, but it it wasn't very prayerful. It was it was a reading as opposed to a a prayer. So I'm gonna uh, I'll share with you. What I, I'm in, like either I think there are different stages and ages in, in terms of how God help, uh, wants to form us in prayer. And right now I'm at this like moment, this time where um, I start my morning prayer with uh, the Vedatory Psalm and Office of Readings, and um, I will sometimes spend the entire time of prayer on the Vedatory Psalm. Yeah. And in, uh, it, what, it's because of what you said. I, I'm reading through it, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? I, I'm not paying attention. I, I've just got to go back and, and do it again. And I'll start it over again, and then I realize the same thing has still happened. And then I'll do it again. And literally the whole prayer time is used on the psalm, on the invitatory psalm. I never even get to the office of readings, and I let it be okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Lord is, is attempting 
to forge in me a sense of be present and intentional, be prayerful in, in your prayer time, and don't move forward until you are. What, what do you think about that? I think it's I think that's a great attitude to have. I I think, and and again, it reminds me of Teresa of Avila, who's you know, sometimes the sisters would take uh, their whole holy hour on the, uh, one phrase of the Our Father, you know, um, and that's and that was fine. I think one of the challenges for priests or religious who take a promise to say it is, I got to get this done. It's a, it's, a, it's something that it needs to be accomplished as opposed to prayed. And it might not, that might not be quite so much of a danger for you. Um, that doesn't excuse us. It's just saying, I think there's that kind of little tick in the back of your brain saying, you know, I, boy, I, I got to get the Office of Readings done here. So it's a, it's a task as opposed to not just an opportunity for prayer. So I think that's one of the temptations that's working, I think, for me as well. Okay, so then, all right, imagine uh, there's a young priest, and you're directing that young priest, and the young priest says, all right, if I've set aside a half an hour for my office of readings this morning, and I ended up going for quality rather than quantity, and I ended up spending the entire time on the first strophe, like that first little section of Psalm Mm -hmm. 95, because I wanted to pray it well, and never even touched the office of readings for the day, but I used all of the time on that with the intention that it would have also been used for the Office of Readings, but never got to it. Did I fulfill the obligation? I, I would certainly say there's no sin involved there in the sense of that would be great. If That being said, if I was spiritual director, I'd see where he is in his spiritual life, and I'd say, okay, if that happens every day, I would say, let's use that then for your holy hour. Um, mm-hmm. And then let's try spend, find some more time to do the office of readings because there's some value there too. And so I'd, I'd work with him in terms of, okay, that's that's great, but your your own personal prayer time, your holy hour is necessary and should be. But there also is some element in which you're praying for the church and the world. Um, this is not just a personal prayer. This is the church's prayer too. And so at some point. I think that the breviary has to be prayed as the breviary. So you work with them in terms of what's, is this happening all the time? Um, is this, if it is, how do we work with that? Uh, that being said, this would be a good problem to have. Um, that somebody's prayer is, su- is such that, that that's happening. And I'd say, okay, obviously this person has a, has a pretty deep spirit, spiritual life. And so let's work with this and, and recognize that this isn't necessarily the, the beginner situation and, um, what what kind of how do we need to adapt that? So, long I, answer to a short. No, question. it's a great answer, Father. And there's a reason why I asked this question, and I did it in detail. I did it for for the sake of the folks that are listening. Folks, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm, this is Tom Cran with Father Kurt Nagel. Uh, I, I'm giving you the opportunity to gain access to spiritual direction right here on the radio. It's a, a living conversation that's happening, and it's meant to be a blessing to you. It's meant to be something that will, again, support you, encourage you, or help you be accountable to your own life of discipleship. So, Father, I, I would say that um, where I feel a little bit of that, you you talked about that little tick that says, I've got to complete the action, mm-hmm. is um, praying the rosary. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel the same obligation to pray—I don't have the same obligation to pray the Liturgy of the Hours the way that you do. 
Um, but I do have this inner must, this inner imperative to pray the rosary every day. Mm-hmm. And for me, what's the temptation? I, okay, let me check the box and get through the yeah. five joyful mysteries. Yeah. And I have started, again, I'm in that sort of stage where if I'm praying the, the rosary, and if I'm by myself, if I'm praying the rosary right. by myself, and I get through the first mystery, and I'm saying to myself, I can't believe I got through that mystery. I didn't even think for one second about the mystery. I just said all the prayers. And even then, my mind was distracted. And then I faced the drama. Do I go back and do it again? Or do I just say, let me press forward and do better in the second mystery? And my, you know, at, at, an, at an earlier moment, at a different stage, I've just said, say, let me press forward and do better on the next one. But I'm in that moment right now where it's, no, 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 go back and honor God and how you prayed that. for Honor the Blessed Mother, honor the gift of the rosary, pray it well, and just go back and do it again. Sometimes I'm praying the mystery three, four times before I feel like I have permission to move on to the next one. So that might be a, a like a, a, a an application of what you're talking about to um, the laity who don't have the maybe same kind of obligation that you do. Right. Uh, you know, I think just what you mentioned there, I think the idea of being able to, re- the, the purpose of prayer, especially as you say, this this personal prayer time that, that we carve out um, and you said it's different if it's a, if I'm leading a rosary at a funeral or something. You know, it's different. Um, but if it's just my own personal prayer time, I think one of the great dangers of people who might be listening is that they have a set of expectations they've put upon themselves in terms of devotional prayer practices that they think I have to get this done or I'm a bad person today, and and it can stop the the other more fruitful contemplative prayer from taking place because you're saying, no, God, I know you're tapping on me on the shoulder and I'm, I'm actually kind of lost in here and I, I actually, I this has been really good prayer. I've just been lost in this mystery and I just want to stay here. But I have to get this done because then I have to go. I have three more litanies to do too. So um, sorry, I, I'm, thanks for trying to get my attention, but I got some work to do here. And so I, I always, it's a fight for, for me sometimes to say, okay, the whole holy hour can't just be these set prayers that we say and collect over the course of our lives, collecting but never really getting rid of. So they just kind of accumulate. I just think that's one of the big problems for people who are very serious, but they, they don't allow God to, to alight upon them because they're always trying to finish up their list. Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy you said that because, again, do you think about the folks who are listening, a lot of folks um, who, are, uh, who are in that stage of life where um, you know, the devotional life is a really big part of how they're praying, um, that can definitely be one of those uh, dynamics or pressures. I've got to get through this versus the Lord saying, no, 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 I give you permission just to be right. here with me right now, kind of the Martha Mary. Right. And... It's not. I'm not saying that devotional prayers aren't good, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying that um, sometimes these are self-imposed expectations, and they're even like moral. We self-imposed moral obligations that we have to do it, and that can defeat what God really wants to do in that time that we set aside with Him. Yeah, amen to that. Well, Father, uh, what God has asked us to do right now is to set aside time to take a break. So when <laughs> we come back, we're going to um, start the outline of our program. <laughs> I had to do that. That was too that was too easy. Yes. All right, back in a minute with more sun insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kernan with Father Kurt Nagel, and we're talking today about prayer, about sensing God's presence, about realizing that 
The temptation is to say, is God with us or not? Is God with us or not? And and when we sense that God is not with us, then we want to sometimes step in and take over the reins. We right. want to do what we want to do. And is that relevant at all to Psalm 95? <laughs> yes. At Meribah and Massa? <laughs> right. It's a very Exodus-themed um, psalm. Well, Father, I want to um, I want to talk just briefly. Well, briefly, we only have a, a yeah in in the last two segments here. I want to take a look at a couple things that have jumped out to me over time yeah. about the Invitatory Psalm, the way uh-huh. that we the way that we actually begin the Liturgy of the Hours every day. And I always just get struck by the opening. Lord, yeah. open my lips, and my mouth will proclaim your praise. Right. I'd... And again, you've read it for thirty something years, Father. Right. But is there? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Or I, I, I'm not trying to make you guess. But when you see that, is there something that jumps out at you? Oh, you stumped me. I'm not sure. Where well, we let me just that. say it. the The first thing that we say to God is, "Open my lips." Yeah. That prayer is a gift. That uh. the the initial stance of prayer, the first thing the church is telling us to do when we pray is to look to, to God as Lord, as the one who mm. leads, provides, and protects us, and and begging God, the position of the beggar, open my lips. If you do not open my lips, if you do not give me the grace of prayer, then guess what's going to happen? My mouth will not proclaim your praise. Right. My mouth will only be able to proclaim your praise if you grace me to pray. Isn't that striking? Yeah, something we forget, this is... I. Yeah, this is my, Lord, listen to me because this is all my doing. Um, I'm going to talk to you as opposed to all prayer originates and ends with God. That's true. And and then even just the, like, the fact that Lord opened my lips, even the act of saying that is itself the gift. Yeah. So that that's the first gift, right? That's the same, that's St. Bonaventure, right? What's the first groan? And groaning in prayer, the groan to get us launched. The first groan is groaning over not groaning. <laughs> so, um, so the the first petition is itself a graced filled, grace initiated petition. Open my lips. So I just think that that's a. I, I again, I, I don't know how many times I just stop and ponder that. That Lord, that I'm only sitting here. I'm sitting here because oh, I got up early and I made all the effort to get here. And now here yeah. I am, and look at all I did. I did. I did. Now let me start my prayer. No, 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 no. <laughs> Underneath it all is a gift. That's a good, very good perspective. I more than pro- I think that I do in terms of that opening. Um, you know, it's here four thirty or five in the morning. I, you do make the sign of the, the cross on your lips as you do that, um, as part of the gesture. But I think that you've taken more advantage of meditating upon that than I have. Well, then, something that struck me, here's the crazy thing, right? So I've been praying this since 1984, and so that's 39 years. For the first time, like two days ago, I I got an insight into Psalm 95. There is no addressing God. Mm. Yes. I'm like, wait a minute. Let us sing. Come, come. Who's he talking to? (laughs) Come, let us sing to the Lord. And then I realized, wait a minute. I, for the first time in 39 years, I realized, wait a minute, I'm saying words that are the words of the church to me. Mm -hmm. The church is inviting me 
to come and pray to the Lord. But there is no actual praying to the Lord at all in that psalm. It's it's a it's a call to praise. It's a call. It's a call to prayer from the church to me. And how did I pray this for thirty nine years and never know that? Isn't that, I mean, isn't that, like, that's part of the fresh bread. Like, God gave me some fresh bread that is so plain to see, and somehow I missed it. But not forever. Now you have it. Tomorrow, something else will pop out at you. I know, I know, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you think you're done, like, being surprised by God? Well, just get ready, right? Just (laughs) get ready. Uh, there's going to be something new that happens uh, in in your own life of faith. Is there a section of the uh, open the, this invitatory psalm that um, does like have a particular meaning to you, or has a, a particular sense of I I I I really cling to that part of it? You know, I I think the whole. He, the the psalmist comes to deals with the Meribah and Massa the whole idea of hardening of hearts um, that not to do that that to keep it open um, I I think that always has struck me in terms of um, that whole idea of what what I'm doing in the beginning is is not to be unfaithful and not to distrust God like they did in the desert there and think that God was abandoning them and so in this the, for the very beginning it doesn't come, we don't come out very well. But I think that that's useful for me. Um, that again, it's that occur, um, reference to um, the struggle in the desert. So there's also the beginning. You're dealing with more like who God is and the the great Creator um, of everything. But I think that the the idea of what what's today, that today you'd hear His voice uh, and harden not your hearts. I think that's something that I would focus on was something I think of more of when I think of Psalm 95. Well, and you know what I didn't, I, I realized this earlier this year, right? So that you're talking, Father uh, Nagel's talking about the, one of the last strophes, one of the last sections of the, of the Psalm is, today listen to the voice of the Lord, do not grow stubborn as your fathers did. I didn't realize the colon, I didn't realize, and so I prayed it for years and then didn't recognize how disjointed it is if I don't get that colon correctly. Today, listen to the voice of the Lord, colon, meaning, hey, everybody, what happens next is actually the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not, today, right. listen to the voice of the Lord, don't go strubbing. As you, it's not that the same guy saying that first right. line is saying the second line. No, the, the first line is saying, hey, look, I'm going to now bring you a message from God. Mm-hmm. And how did I pray it again for decades and not realize that, okay, today, listen to the voice of the Lord. Stop, everybody. Okay, now here comes what God is saying to us. Don't grow stubborn. You know, they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. And that just was so, again, enlightening to me. Yeah, I, I guess I had thought of that. I mean, that that's not something I, I'd eaten that bread before. I think, mm-hmm. um, but it is valuable in terms of, for me, okay, this is not only my, not my prayer. Um, this is actually God speaking to me. Uh, so I, that's the beginning of the day, is that God is is kind of arousing me and saying, yeah, let's 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 get with it, not. Let's not go down that path again. Um, 
it, it, it's kind of bracing actually the psalm as it ends um, because again <laughs> it, it t- talks about 40 years I you know 40 years I had to deal with you all people and, I endured that yeah, generation yeah, and, then, uh, you know, and, and, and again I swore my anger that never you know you got I'm not gonna re- enter into my rest so it, it's it's pretty bracing psalm actually if you think about it yeah, yeah, they shall not enter into my last glory to the Father yeah, and to the Son. Period. The Holy okay. Spirit. Yeah, yeah, it is. It it's it's strong medicine, and I, I just love what you said there, Father. All right, we're up against a break. When we come back, we have a, just a final segment, and I'm gonna. This is gonna be a. Uh, we're gonna do a, a quick. Uh, I'm gonna throw some things at your Father. Okay. Uh-oh. So, oh, here we go. Do not be stubborn as your fathers did. Okay. Back in a minute with more sound insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. I'm with Father Kurt Nagel. And um, we've been talking about this idea of recognizing that God is present, that God's at work in your life, and that he is calling you to prayer. He's gracing, he's gracing you to pray. And um, be open to be led in ways that maybe you're not realizing in your prayer. And I think that will maybe also, if you can be willing to be led in prayer, then maybe you'll also be more movable or available to be led in your life. So as the Spirit leads you deeper into prayer, he'll also lead you to be more deeply fruitful in your life on mission, doing the work that the Lord would have you do. So, I don't know, is that fair to say, Father? Amen, yes. So, Father, as you uh, hear that, um, I'd love for you to share with folks who are listening anything that you're open to share about either the way that the Spirit is leading you deeper into prayer these days, or asking you to be available to be deeper into your own sense of mission these days? You know, I think, I think I, I don't, don't think it's just me. I, I think this is more common. I, I think this is a challenging time of prayer. And the reason is, I think it's a challenging time in the world and the church. And the idea of there can be dryness that is not resulting from my own lukewarmness or your own, um, but how to be faithful in a time when it seems like, um, again, it's there's a spirit. You're going spiritually upstream. You're going against a current in some ways. So I think it's like that cult of fidelity of prayer, um, not so much necessarily what's happening in it, because sometimes again, I, I think uh, part of this comes from counseling and just talking with parishioners and other priests and things, thinking about the the struggle this time in this very time to pray at all, and by that I don't mean that absolutely, but I do think that there is a it's, it's, it seems like a challenging time of of questioning and and again that kind of maybe even a numbness sometimes. So I I think that that's. For me, it's, okay, stay faithful in times of, of uh, these kind of challenges where um, it's not lots of consolation. It's instead a call to fidelity of, of your prayer and of your relationship with God. So I think that's, that perseverance, I think, is a theme that I, that I see in terms of uh, even just engaging in the prayer. I think that's something that's come out. So that kind of... Um for me, I see that linking to something that that idea of being challenged, that mm-hmm. that challenge to um, to let go, to go deeper, to persevere. Um, 
I also see that in a certain sense in the going out forth from prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a movie that came out on the 3rd of July called Sound of Freedom. Mm. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, Father. It's that Jim Caviezel movie yeah. about um, sex trafficking, especially right. of children. I, I was just talking this morning with somebody on my staff who had seen it. I have, I've heard of it, um, read some reviews, but I have not seen it at this point. It's one of those, it's kind of like the, invite, in the invitatory, invitatory psalm. It is deeply shaking. Right. It is a shaking movie, and that's the intention. The intention is you don't get to just go and be an observer that is entertained through this right. movie. There is no, no one's getting popcorn for this movie. <laughs> uh, this is a shaking, kind of like the Passion of the Christ, right. but more so because it is something that is in front of us. And Jim Caviezel, the, the whole purpose of this movie is to shake us out of our lethargy that we are in because of our uh, comfortable life that has been protected and preserved from the horrors, the tragedies, the terrifying reality of sex trafficking that's happening in this world. That was what my, (laughs) that summed up my staff's reaction to it as well. My staff member, she said, yeah, I left that movie and then I went to a 4th of July party and I was looking around at this beautiful lake and everything. And he said, she just thought the, uh, the contrast was so great that it just kind of struck her, uh, struck her dumb. So like I said, I have not myself seen at this point, but that's, that is kind of the word on the street from what I've heard. Well, if you have a chance, go quickly before it is out of the theater. It, uh, Jim Caviezel makes it, he has a message after the credits at the end, and he's like, see it in a theater if you can, because you want to be able to be absorbed in it, you want it to be bigger than life, and you want to really let it strike you in a way that you can't just be distracted by, you know, uh, you know, people around you in a, um, you know, in a home setting. Uh-huh. Um, there is, and there's definitely a point to that, but this will be, I think this is going to be one of those challenging things, like, will people take action. Will they take an action? Or is it just going to be, I, it's a safe distance, I'm overwhelmed by my own busy life, and I'm overwhelmed by all the tragedies that are thrown in front of me. I just, this one is just too far removed. I'm just going to leave it alone. Yeah. Would you say that this is something that you would take high school students to? Um, I took my um, junior and senior boys. I did not take my freshmen. This is rising, so my uh, freshman. I wanted to see it first with them, and um, I I don't know. I, I would say that uh, my freshman daughter I did not take. My younger kids I did not take. I think that um, I'd talk about it with Carrie first and see. I know my boys were shaken by it. It was like they did not – it's like, okay, now what do we do Is is really the – the, you know what we don't want to harden our hearts right what do we do now is really the question hmm. so I, I'm sorry I don't give you a, a good answer on that um, it, well my youth minister and I were talking about that so I, I just it's interesting I just yeah. I wondered, wondered I would say that um, it, it um, gosh girls are going to be more disturbed than boys typically um, but the the whole one of the biggest themes that kind of shows up here is Men, you got to be men. You got to step up. You got to step out. You got to. Do you really want to protect? What if this was your daughter? That's like mm-hmm. one. It's one of the enduring themes that comes out of this. Is it's your daughter? It's your daughter. It's your daughter. What do you do if it's your daughter? What 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 limits are there if it's your daughter? And that's what drives the main character mm. to keep going. Is that he's never permitted to let it be anything other than utterly personal. 
It's mm. not an issue. It's not a, uh, a, a, a generic universal thing. No, keep it personal and then you'll take action. Mm. So. All right, Father. Well, with that, we're up against the end of our program. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you all. God bless you. Have a great day. Join me tomorrow for more Sun Insight.